Hi there, I'm Dave Trout, founder of UTR Media. I have a quick announcement before we get the show started. I know how busy this time of year can be, uh, from school performances to cookie exchanges, of course, tons of shopping. And as a nonprofit, this also is our busiest time of the year. I don't know if it's Uncle Sam or just the procrastinator's delight, but for whatever reason, over a third of all charitable giving nationwide happens in the last four or five weeks of the year. And so now, through December 31st, we have our campaign Build-A-Thon 2018. It's a chance for you and the rest of the UTR community to join together, to do your part, and to help us end 2018 as strong as possible and help us to thrive in 2019. Here at UTR, we know the power that music can have in people's lives, especially well-crafted, faith-inspired music. And so we build community around that and create content that celebrates that through our podcasts and videos, album compilations, articles, and live events. So we would love for you to prayerfully consider a one-time donation or joining our monthly support team and help us reach the goal in Build-A-Thon 2018. And as a thank you, we have a special reward package that you can check out on our website. Just go right now to utrmedia.org to check out all the info and to give online. That's utrmedia.org. All right, on with the show. Like any good Christian man, I started uh, teaching myself how to play guitar in college to impress girls. Well, I can't believe it, but we are just a few days before Christmas this year. And uh, welcome to this special holiday edition of Green Room Door. I'm Dave Trout, and I love taking you behind the scenes so that we can get one-on-one interviews to know the heart behind some of the best music being made today. And on today's show, we have uh, a couple of things going on. One is a special interview with Tim Briggs, who is the founder of a musical theological collective Uh, based out of North Carolina called Folk Hymnal. And they just released a uh, brand new, in fact, it's their debut album. And uh, it's a a holiday EP called Incarnation Songs. And it's available right now on all music platforms like Spotify and iTunes, etc., Um, So we'll be playing clips from the project uh, coming up uh, during our interview, so we'll weave that in. And then uh, after our conversation with Tim Briggs, we have a special Christmas potpourri. (laughs) Yes, in the second half, um, we're going to be asking several, a handful of some of UTR's favorite artists, Um, some of their Christmas thoughts, a variety of different questions. So uh, stick around. We'll reveal who is a part of the second half after uh, our interview. All right, first, without further ado, here is our conversation with Tim Briggs. Well, Merry Christmas, Tim, and welcome to Green Room Door. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, Dave, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, I love what you guys are doing with uh, UTR Media, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, thanks. 
Well, I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you, get to know a little bit more about the heart behind this album, Incarnation Songs. Um, so first tell us, how long have you been writing songs? Yeah, I've been writing uh, serious songs for probably the last three to four years. Um, prior to that, I'll, I'll jump back just for a second. Um, like any good Christian man, I started uh, teaching myself how to play guitar in college to impress girls and uh, kind of kept that going, uh, the guitar playing piece anyway, um, into adulthood and uh, over the years would just write silly songs uh, with my friends and um, I would write silly songs for my kids <laughs> as well. Um, but in the last uh, three to four years, I've uh, concentrated on writing uh, congregational worship songs, uh, mostly just to uh, nurture my own faith, um, but also um, to, to maybe see if, if I was any good at it. You know, with, with anything, at first, you're, you're not good, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, I'd write things, and uh, I would share it with our worship pastor at church, and um, he, uh, he was very kind. You know, at first, he would be like, you know, that's a good song for maybe um, just you to play uh, with your family. Uh, but, you know, just keep it keep it there, which was, you know, a nice way of him saying, don't ever let that see the light of day. <laughs> uh, but over over the years, I would uh, keep at it because you have to keep at it to, to grow and, and get better. And I would uh, show him songs and, you know, there'd be things he would like and then whole songs that he would like. And so... That's kind of how this journey started, was just trying to, to hone my skills as a songwriter. Now, if I uh, understand right, music is uh, not your full-time job. Um, you're involved in some other things, too. So uh, can you tell me more about that, just some of the other things that you're involved with besides music? Yeah, uh, music is a part-time thing. Uh, and I'm just really quick, I'm, I'm so thankful that it is. I'm thankful that it's a hobby for me, and because it's a hobby, it frees me from uh, having to monetize this um, or uh, become <laughs> feel the pressure of becoming Christian famous. I can just enjoy the process of, of getting the music out into the world, and it's actually given me a whole uh, deeper appreciation for what vocational artists do and how hard that is. And so uh, thankful for what UTR Media does and just has given me a whole new sense of wanting to support uh, independent music. But back to your question, uh, it's not what I do vocationally. What I do vocationally is that I'm a pastor. Um, for the past 10 years, we've been at Church at Charlotte, uh, which is a church here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We've been there as a family for 10 years, and I've been on staff uh, for five years and I serve as the community groups pastor. Yeah, that sounds like you are involved in a lot of really great things. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think some of the best tippers in restaurants are the people that are former waiters and waitresses. So I totally get the idea that your involvement in music now is giving you a deeper appreciation for um, indie artists and um that's that's a beautiful thing. So thanks for sharing that. Um, I wanted to ask you about this album, this Christmas album that just came out, um, which is called Incarnation Songs. And uh, when did you dream to develop this project? 
Yeah, the the dream for this album really developed as I would start to write what I thought was good uh, music, and I started uh, wrestling with, I think this is good, and I, I want it to have a wider audience than, than me and, and my family. And so uh, I started thinking through, how, how do I get this music uh, out into the world, knowing that at my best, I am maybe a competent rhythm guitarist and certainly nowhere near a competent vocalist. I just don't have the required skills to be a recording artist, and I wish I did, but I don't. And so as I would write this music, there really wasn't much of an outlet um, because I just didn't have the skill set to to bring it to life. And so really about a, a year ago, uh, about this time, honestly, uh, I was I was writing Christmas music and I just felt like this this music needs an audience um, beyond myself and and so started thinking through what what does that mean and what does that that look like and um, my wife uh, was amazing and she she really encouraged me in that and so I started to to dream a little bit where where could this go and what are some outside of the box ways. Um, to to bring this music to life. So is that the point that you decided to form more of a music collective? Yeah, so with with that dream of of writing music but not having a place to put it and and wondering and thinking through out of the box ways to get it out, um I came up with this idea. What if I asked uh, my really talented um artist friends uh, to collaborate on this music and to play it and sing it and uh, bring it to life. And so that's what I started to pursue. Um, so I, I mentioned earlier um, my, my worship pastor at church who I would uh, take music to. His name is Stuart Fenters. He's a, a singer-songwriter as well. And uh, so I recruited him in. And uh, Kelly Graham is a friend in Charleston, South Carolina, who's, again, a singer-songwriter, worship pastor, who's fantastic. I pulled him in. Nathan Story, very much the same story, uh, pun intended, uh, with him. He is a worship pastor, a singer-songwriter in the Charlotte metro area. And then uh, I had met Taylor Linehart, who your listeners, I think, know well, um, because we have started doing house concerts in our home over the past year and a half, and she came, and she's uh, fantastic. So she's from Raleigh, and she's released an album and just doing great. And so I, I pitched them this, this idea, hey, what if we uh, created a, a multi-artist uh, brand called Folk Hymnal, and uh, we uh, would collaborate, write, and record four original uh, Christmas songs to be released in 2018 and uh somehow they all said yes (laughs) uh, to this crazy idea and so um that's kind of how we formed and uh, along the way i pulled in another friend rob shoemaker who is one of those guys that you just hate you know he's he's a guy that's good at everything like he plays like six instruments and could probably learn a new one in like 10 minutes and uh he records music he produces music engineers music and so pulled him in, and that was really kind of the core of, of Folk Hymnal, me serving as, I guess the best way to put it, as an executive producer slash uh, co-writer of the album, 
and Rob uh, doing producing and engineering and all of those artists um, uh, collaborating on the songs and helping to, to bring them to life. Yeah, very cool. All right, this is a good spot, I think, to uh, hear uh, a first song clip from the project Incarnation Songs by Folk Hymnal. And uh, this is Tim Briggs um, collaborating with one of our all-time favorites, Taylor Linhart, on uh, a new one that's called New Song. I know a lot of this was a first-time experience for you, Tim. So tell us some of the steps that you took um, that helped to bring incarnation songs out into the world. Yeah, so to, to bring this, um, this album to life, um, first of all, we had, to, we had to fund it, which is a pretty big uh, part of the process. And so we launched a, a Kickstarter in May, I believe it was and was just overwhelmed by the support of that. And uh, we actually raised more money than we needed, which is a good problem uh, to have. So uh, we, we got the funding in place to, to help uh, record and engineer and produce uh, the album. And then uh, we set um, kind of into action uh, a plan of, of helping this come to life uh, over the summer uh, on, on Fridays, I think it was, in June and July, we'd have a different artist uh, come into town and we would take the day to, to record their song, really the, the vocals and the, the acoustic guitar uh, for those songs. And so by the end of July, we had kind of the, uh, the, the main building blocks for each song. And then late summer into the fall, we, we spent um, adding instrumentation and editing and, and mixing and, and mastering that music. And, and thankfully, the, the plan really worked uh, perfectly. Even though we didn't quite know what we were doing, uh, the plan all along was to, to try to release this music, uh, this album called Incarnation Songs, on uh, Thanksgiving, and it, it all came together, and it, it happened that way. And so Incarnation Songs from Folk Hymnal uh, was released on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I've been enjoying it for the last few weeks, and uh, I was one of the backers as well of the project. Um, really excited that it is now available. And uh, for folks just listening, I know it's late in the, the Advent season, but uh, this is something that you will would love to dive into right away. Um, and you can find it, you can download it through iTunes, you can uh, stream it on Spotify, um, and encourage you to just check it out. And it's not too overwhelming. It's it's really f- just four songs plus a reprise. So it's something that is a easy to digest, quick listen. Um, so check out Incarnation Songs. Uh, I have a, a few more questions for you, Tim. Um, one is, 
what do you hope that listeners experience when they take time to listen to the these songs? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I hope I hope that as an individual or as a family, when when people listen to this music, that it does uh, nourish them, it, it nurtures them as it has uh, me and us as we've created the music, and and folks really wrestle with uh, the wonder and the the mystery and the the miracle that is the incarnation that Jesus uh, came to to dwell with us and the implications thereof. And so I hope for everybody that that listens to the music that they they get that sense in the lyrics and that it really um, it impacts them and it it causes them to to worship and 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 to think fondly about uh, the Christmas story. But beyond that, Honestly, I think our, our highest goal or aim or hope uh, with the album is that uh, worship leaders, worship pastors, senior pastors would, would hear this music and, and want to, to sing it in, in, in their church. Uh, when we wrote this music, we, we had the local church in mind. We had uh, the idea of congregations uh, singing this. Uh, part of our goal is, is to write theologically rich a music that can be sung because it's attractive, and so uh, we would love uh, for for churches to to sing this and worship uh, to God, to to sing this to each other, to encourage one another. And so, uh, if you're if you're a worship pastor or a pastor out there, and you're you're gonna do that, if you're gonna play some folk hymnal songs, I I would love to know because um, it would be an encouragement uh, to me and all of the folks. Who help make the project a reality. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, let's uh, sneak in another song clip. Um, this is from the opening track, Hark a Thrilling Voice is Sounding. Uh, this is from Folk Hymnal from their album Incarnation Songs. Tim, I have a feeling that this album is just the beginning. So tell us, what are the plans for Folk Hymnal moving forward? Yeah, that's a fantastic uh, question. One of the uh, hard parts of this whole process is trying to discern what success is with the project. Um, It's a hard thing to know. uh, It's a hard thing to measure even what success is. I will say uh, the the process of making this and the product of making this has exceeded my expectations. I had this vision of what it would sound like and how it would be received, and it's been greater than what I anticipated, which is fan fantastic. Um, the the folks who have listened to the album have given all really positive feedback, including uh, you yourself, Dave, and, and UTR, and so that's been. 
a real encouragement to us, but it's still hard to know uh, what what to make of that. Um, but it's been it's been good, and it's been uh, joyous to to do this. In fact, uh, just today I said to my wife, "Hey, would you would you be okay if we kept making folk hymnal music?" And she said, "Yeah, that'd be fantastic," which was a, a big win <laughs> for me. So uh, we would very much like, I think, we very much like to continue to do this. One of the the good things uh, that came out of the Kickstarter was that we uh, actually raised more money than we needed. And so what we decided early on to do with the extra money uh, was to record two to three uh, more songs to release in the spring that would be kind of Easter-focused, you know, cross and, and resurrection-focused. Uh, and so there will be some original folk hymnal uh, music coming out in, in the spring, Lord willing. And so that'll be great to have an early follow-up um, project on the heels of Incarnation songs. And in my head, I have a whole uh, another album of songs, and, and really in my phone, <laughs> in the voice memo section, um, there's a whole uh, slew of songs there, I think, that are, that are good and have potential and that I would love uh, to collaborate with some artists on. And so, um, Lord willing... I'd like to to keep doing this again as a hobby um, for fun and just to enjoy the experience of working with really talented folks. And so hopefully we can keep the momentum going. Ah, man, I love what you're doing. I love that you are enjoying it and I hope it can continue for sure. Um, So as we wrap things up uh, and since it's Christmas time, I thought it'd just be fun to end the interview by finding out if you have any fun or favorite Christmas traditions that you uh, have with your family. Yeah, we have some um, interesting Christmas time traditions. I, I grew up not watching a lot of your uh, typical Christmas movies. And so one of my wife's uh, favorite pastimes at, at this time of the year is to try to uh, expose me to one of the kind of standard Christmas movies. For example, I think probably three years ago, I watched uh, It's a Wonderful Life for the first time. And so things like that, she she tries to get me to, to watch. And so I, I kind of put up a fight a little bit with it, but she ends up winning. And so... Uh, at some point here in December, we will we'll watch a, a standard Christmas movie. So if you have any recommendations, Dave, or your audience, please uh, pass them along. Um, so that's one unique thing that we do in the Briggs household. But another thing that we uh, started doing last year was I uh, kind of modified slash created a Lego Advent uh, activity for the kids. And so... Um, you know, each day there's a little paragraph uh, that we read pertaining to Advent or the Christmas story. And then uh, there's a, a little activity, something to build, to add to the kind of manger scene of, of Legos. And so it's a fun thing uh, for the kids to do. It's really a fun thing for me to do, let's be honest. Um, I kind of created it partly for me <laughs> as well to give me an excuse to play with Legos. And so each day we would do that and we would post pictures of it occasionally. And it was a big hit, uh, with, with, uh, our friends. And so we'll, we'll continue to do that any, any way that, uh, the Briggs boys, uh, can play with Legos. We, we try to make that, that happen. Ah, that sounds so sweet. Ah, Tim, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thanks for being a part of the show. This has been great. Dave, thanks again for having me on the podcast. I'm, again, a big fan of what you guys do. And please uh, keep doing what you're doing. I really 
I uh, love the idea, and now I'm benefiting from the fact that you guys support um, independent Christian artists. And so thank you for doing what you do. <laughs> that was fun talking to Tim Briggs. Uh, he is the founder of Folk Hymnal, and their new project, their debut project, in fact, Incarnation Songs, is available on all music platforms. We will link to that album in our show notes so you can find it quickly and enjoy it before, you know, while you're still celebrating the holiday season. Make your Christmas even merrier. Um, and we listed that album in our uh, annual list of the top six best Christmas albums of the year. It made this year's list, uh, and you can read uh, that and what we wrote about it, plus uh, see the other albums on that list at our website, utrmedia.org. Okay, we have a lot of Christmassy type things to update you on before we uh, hit our uh, mid uh, midway break here, um, because there's so much good things to celebrate at this time. So uh, we not only have that list we just mentioned, but we count down an audio version of that list on episode 24 of the Gourmet Music Podcast. And then episode 25, the follow-up of the Gourmet Music Podcast, is all Christmas songs. 18 songs we snuck into that podcast episode, so you can check those out. Um, We also had our first-ever full-length video holiday special. Yes, you can watch um, the Jenny and Tyler Christmas special with them playing live Christmas songs plus some originals woven in, and we interview them about some of their favorite uh, holiday traditions and just things about the season. You can find that full-length video special at our website, um, plus... Uh, We also just released a brand new Noise Trade compilation, which is all Christmas music. In fact, it's 15 original Christmas songs uh, from amazing songwriters. Um, And that album is available for free. Um, Or if you want to leave a tip in the tip jar, 100% of that will support UTR. So you can uh, go to our website for all of those Christmassy things. That is utrmedia.org Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we have Christmas potpourri questions for Christopher Williams, Wild Harbors, Nicole Witt, and Sir Eric Peters. After this, on Green Room Door. This UTR podcast is sponsored by the latest release from singer-songwriter Jessica Crawford. Honestly by Jessica Crawford was recorded at Old Bear Studio and has a rootsy, soulful vibe with a message of hope. You just want me to be who I am, honestly. Find Honestly by Jessica Crawford now at Spotify, iTunes, and at jessicacrawfordmusic.com. discovered UTR's Heart, Soul, and Mind playlist on Spotify with hours of gourmet music updated each month. Now we invite you to check out the all-new UTR special menu playlist with a collection of hand-curated specialty theme songs that are delivered at just the right time. 
This month's special menu features high-quality Christmas songs, including standards, originals, and Advent hymns. You can find the special menu playlist by searching on Spotify, or you can read the curator's notes or listen at utrmedia.org. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. Next. Hi. Um, this is a little embarrassing, but I have this package, and I Does would like to... Does the package contain any hazardous materials? No. Explosives? No. Firearms? No. Alcoholic uh, beverages? Uh, no, no. It's nothing like that. I put some gift certificates at a few local stores, a free dinner at a nice restaurant, and some homemade jams and jellies in here, and I would Wait like to... You're sending this package to Jesus Christ? What does he need gift certificates for? I hear he's got everything. What are you, some kind of lunatic? No, I want you don't even have an address on this box. I don't have time for this. I'm very busy. It doesn't have an address because this package is for you. What? I put Jesus' name on the box because that's who I'm giving it to. But I'm not Jesus. No, but Jesus said that when I do things to others, I do them to him. I figured if anyone could use a nice gift, it'd be someone working with a mail during Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Next. Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at lifelinepro.com. Hey, welcome back. Coming up here in the second half of the episode, we're going to do a bit of Christmas potpourri. Uh, We have looked through our interview archives of the past several years at some of our favorite interviews we've done with just artists we love. And we found um, a few Christmas questions that we thought we would share with you um, in kind of a mix and match potpourri style little segment here. Um, so we're going to be talking with folks like Christopher Williams, Nicole Witt, Tanya Godsey, and let's start with Sir Eric Peters. I asked him uh, what was one of his favorite memories of Christmas growing up as a child. Oh, man. Oh, goodness. Decorating the tree was always a big one. And it, we, Danielle and I are doing the same thing with the boys. We go get a tree a lot. We love live trees, the smell and all the sap and all that stuff. Um, and so decorating the tree is a big one. That was always a big deal. Um, putting the tent, you know, the crummy tinsel on it and stuff. Um, and another one was uh, this calendar. Uh, and I, I think a lot of people have them. Some people have advent calendars. And in my home, it was just sort of a calendar that, you know, had had the 25 days, lead, you know, the days leading up to Christmas. And then, you know, each one was sort of a, a little ornament. And then the 25th day was, of course, uh, Jesus that you would hang on top of this this felt tree that existed that, that that was the calendar. So we'd hang these things, and it was me and my brother and my sister, and we'd each get a day. So every third day, it would be my turn again or my sister's turn again. And so we used to fight over it and argue over who did who started it last year. We had it numerically figured out. So if you started... If you started this day, you got to do the 25th or whoever, you know, we had it all figured out. And that was one of my favorite memories, as, as goofy as it was, just because it was something we did every year. And it was just this small little token thing that just kind of built up the excitement and the anticipation of this wonderful time of year and this great day. Yeah. It's funny, as uh, uh, 
being a parent now trying to like create your own traditions and memories and stuff it's kind of weird to think back and think like what the things that stuck when we're kids or some some of those like goofy little things that (laughs) and sometimes not the things that you may that were intended you know yeah like we might intend as parents now for this to be a tradition when it might be something yeah completely silly and yeah had uh, no intention of being a quote unquote a tradition, right. know, a family tradition. So. Right. Yeah. All right. Next up, we turn to Nicole Witt, who is an amazing songwriter. Uh, you might remember her uh, as a collaborator in the duo with Krista Wells called More Than Rubies. Uh, she did that for a couple of years, and uh, currently she's touring the country and really the whole globe with popular country band Farewell Angelina. I was able to interview Nicole several years ago, but I asked her a Christmas question. I wanted to know if there's anything that was an essential part of the holiday. Like, it, it had this thing had to happen or else it just wouldn't feel like Christmas. Oh, gosh. Um, I have to think about that. I mean... Uh... Yeah, I don't I I don't really know know how to answer that exactly. Um there there's no fast rules. I mean, I think um just the the beauty of the season and and the expectancy of of Jesus' birth um and you know, of course I'm a sucker for Christmas music and <laughs> I love you know, I love all that, but I love all the bells and whistles I guess of of Christmas. Um I'm a little bit of a cheese ball, but I've come to be okay with that. Um but you know, it it is. It's it's the um it's the you know the the waiting um, for the celebration of of Christ's birth. So for sure. Sounds like Nicole's got her priorities in order. I love it. <laughs> Next we turn to Christopher Williams, and I uh, actually sat in his back porch and asked him um, what was the best Christmas present he ever received. Um, it would be the probably the kindest gift that I've ever gotten. And it was after my father passed away and my wife put in a box a leash and a collar. And she uh, didn't have the dog yet, but it was a hint, a foreshadow of, hey, we're getting a puppy in four months. And it was one of the sweetest things. And I just broke down crying. (laughs) It was one of, yeah, it was one of the greatest, one of the kindest gifts anyone has ever given me. Uh, just really thoughtful, and and uh, our sweet Cody, who is now uh, 13 years old, uh, has been my companion for 13 years. So, yeah. Ah, great story there from C Dub. Okay, we turn finally to Wild Harbors, and that is Chris and Jenna Batiker. Uh, out of Westminster, Maryland, and I asked them um, if they celebrated any Christmas traditions as a child that they still celebrate as an adult. Here's what they shared. That was not the question I was expecting it to go to, and I instantly thought of the Christmas traditions I wanted to talk about, but they weren't kids' traditions. So, okay, (laughs) do you have a ball-rolling thing? Because I'm going to ponder, because I know we have some. So my family had the tradition of Santa Mouse. Santa Mouse is a book. It was a treasury of stories. And Santa Mouse somehow, gosh, I don't even know. Somehow there's a mouse. He gets hooked up with Santa Claus. And he rides in Santa's sleigh. 
and he gets lost. He falls off the sleigh at some point, and he has to, like, climb up high in the tree for Santa to be able to see him at the next house that he hits, and he finds him, and it's glorious and great. Um, but so we had Santa Mouse gifts, because in this story, Santa Mouse would leave a tiny little present for the child up in the tree. And so my mom always did Santa Mouse gifts for each of us. So if a tiny little one, we'd have to hunt through the tree and find our Santa Mouse present. So we haven't actually done that yet, now that I think about it, because we haven't we have a tiny apartment, so we haven't had like a big real tree. But as soon as we do have a big real tree, Santa Mouse is coming back, and I'm excited. Have your parents done that? Like when you're actually like older? Yes. Oh, they've kept it when we oh are home goodness. for Christmas. That's there's awesome. a Santa Mouse gift in the tree, and it's beautiful, and I get so excited. <sighs> this is great. This is great stuff. Keep going. <laughs> so we did this when I was a kid, and we still do it today when we're home for Christmas. Um, at my father's house, I was one of five siblings. Which is cool. I like uh, I like the whole big family dynamic. But at Christmas time, it became a little bit of a bother, I think, for them, maybe. Because there's five of us, and, you know, a few days before Christmas, all the presents start getting set under the tree. And it's, you know, it's a honestly, it's a small fort. It's a stronghold of presents. And so we're all curious little kids, so we start, like, peeking around and investigating. And, you know, you see, like, oh, this one says Chris. This one's pretty big. Ooh, but this one's really small, and that has my brother's name on it. Ha, ha, ha. Like, you just start getting these ideas, like, looking at everyone's presents. So I think one year, I don't know if they just were done with it. So we go down for Christmas and we're looking at the presents and every package says like something along this lines, two, 26, love Santa. And then maybe another one says two, 18, love Santa. And they were all in these weird secret codes that none of us could figure out who the presents were for. And then on Christmas morning, we're going through our stockings and like in the very footy part of the stocking is like this little paper that explains what number trans like corresponds to each kid and like oh well Chris you're number 26 so you get every present that has 26 on it and we were just mystified it's like you're you're tricking us this is a secret code we can't figure it out and every year it has changed to their credit I don't know how they keep thinking of new ones they've done they've done numbers they've done like um Egyptian hieroglyphics that spell our names they've done like mathematical equations relating to the date of our birth like and most of them are solvable, but we just can't ever figure them out. Until you get the code. Until like you get that, like, your little key to figure out what presents are yours. Because now there's spouses, too. And they do this for all of us spouses. So now <laughs> yeah. five has gone to eight, and it keeps multiplying, and now there's grandchildren. But no, we all get codes. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think last year I was, like, bubble silly pants or something. Like That's right. We had elf s- names. Stuff, yeah, like elf names. Like, who would ever? I don't know. So I love it. Yeah. So great. I love that. Uh, Thank you to Wild Harbors, Christopher Williams, Nicole Witt, and Sir Eric Peters for being a part of our Christmas potpourri questions um, here in the second half of Green Room Door. And a special thanks as well to Tim Briggs of Folk Hymnal for being our interview guest in the first half. Um, If you have uh, any interview guest ideas, maybe some projects that are coming out that you think deserve to be featured, you can write to us, greenroomdoorpodcast at gmail.com um, and we can't be here without your help and support thank you to uh, the dozens and dozens of people who generously uh, support UTR Media which is a nonprofit ministry and we would love to be able to continue what we're doing and help minister and encourage a uh, hundred thousand or more people each year with the media um, projects that we produce, including this podcast. If you'd like to throw a little bit of money into the hat as it passes by, um, you can go to our website, and there's a a link in the show notes as well. Uh, It directly is utrmedia.org. 
This is actually the last UTR podcast of 2018. Thanks for being a part of the ride. And we're going to be looking back on the year gone by with our critics panel, counting down the top 11 gourmet albums of 2018 and our top individual song picks. That's really all throughout the month of January. And then new episodes of this podcast will return in late January, early February. Green Room Door is a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Chicago, Illinois, and online at utrmedia.org. I'm Dave Trout. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas, everyone.